0: Don't Be All Like Uncool, a very bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex.
1: I don't pretend to know a lot about class, because I do know a lot about class.
2: Oh, Alex. Oh, you just pointed out see, something yes. that not a single housewife has realized, and hopefully will never realize, or else we won't have the great shows that we have today. That they don't know
0: anything about class. Mm.
1: That they're delusional about what they know about class.
0: Yeah. Too self-aware. Axum. No second season for you, Alex.
1: Good. Get me off. One and done. I'd be a good one and done housewife, I think. I thought Jen Shaw was going to be a one and done.
2: I thought Mary Cosby was going to be a one and done. And thank goodness they were not. I'm actually really surprised Mm -hmm. Mary's back. And watching her season two,
0: episode one, you think, Mary, how are you here? We're going to get into Salt Lake City when we get into Salt Lake City, but I do have to say, when we were watching the reunion, um, how Heather and Whitney were just being so like, why don't you like Mary? Why don't you like Mary? And I was looking forward to those two ladies eating their words. I'm like, oh, you, you want to hang out with Mary, Heather, Whitney? Okay. And now I get to watch it. <laughs> we are also joined by my lovely sister, Miss Julia
2: Baker. If you can keep up with me now. I'll outrun you tomorrow. Oh man, is it because you've started running? I have started already, Elizabeth. I haven't. I haven't started. It's on my to-do list. I signed Elizabeth and I up, among others, for a 10K in a mere eight weeks. And I got my little feet back on the pavement. It is not like riding a bike because I'm
0: not the runner I was 18 months ago.
1: (laughs) That's okay because it's not a triathlon.
0: All right, my tagline this week, I was inspired by Ginny from Salt Lake City, our new housewife. My husband has a butter face, but baby, I'm on keto.
1: <laughs> that is good.
0: I mean, he has a very hot
1: bod. But I went, oh, I just felt so bad for him.
2: But I think it's her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as nervous for him as I am for poor Whitney's husband, Justin. Oh, gosh.
1: You know what's next, ugly dick.
0: Mm -hmm. Karen. Do you guys want to start with Beverly Hills? Yes. All right. Okay, so Garcelle promised us that this is going to be a jaw-dropping episode of Beverly Hills, but I think that would have been true if we hadn't been blessed with the season premiere of Salt Lake City this week.
2: I thought you were going to say your jaw didn't drop because you already knew that there was a hit man after Tom Girardi. So of course someone would have come to his house and messed up his eyes and taken his stepson
1: is that what she was referring to with the jaw-dropping thing? I don't
0: know. I guess Because
1: so? I took that as like meaning that, oh, this was going to be a good Garcelle episode. So I was like Me hyped up for too. that. And then it wasn't. So I guess that's what she meant by that. She
0: looked great. Oh, she looked. I mean, my jaw was dropping because she well, was maybe, so beautiful. Well, maybe, yeah. She did look amazing. Do we want to talk about the Tom thing first? Can we? Sure. Yeah, Um, I actually have a sound clip I'd <laughs> like to play allowed? of Erica telling the girls about it. You'll never believe this. But Tom's house was burglarized, and they stole $25 million, and they put it in my bank account.
1: I don't know anything about it.
2: The hitman that rolled Tom off a cliff three and a half years ago is definitely the same hitman who came in to rough Tom and intimidate Mm -hmm. him.
1: The hit and roll man. That's what they call this hitman. (laughs) The recipient, or shall I say the non-recipient, of this week's Detective Doty Award is Kyle, who did not get any of this information out of Erica. Just kind of let her give her vague answers. And then be confused about it to everyone. I, she did the worst job of pulling information out of Erica. I think maybe because she still wants to believe her. Mm-hmm. I think she like still wants to believe Erica. So like the deeper she like prized, the more she won't like what she hears.
0: I
2: completely agree, Alex.
0: It is impressive that the cast of Beverly Hills has taken a actual crime, you know, a big actual real life drama, And has boiled it down to something so surface level. Mm -hmm. Where we're mad about people being honest about not believing each other. That's what we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. There was quite a lot of hypocrisy in this episode. I don't know if Dorit understands the irony of telling Garcelle. If Garcelle has a problem, she needs to be direct. And address it. But Dorit gets upset about whatever the person to her left is upset about. I don't know how she can call Garcelle a flip-flopper. And Kyle saying, well, you stirred up a lot of trouble. Kind of throwing Garcelle under the bus for the interview she did for, she did the Ellen show? Where she said that she felt like she was in a group full of mean girls. And well, she s- show didn't hold up. <laughs> and Garcelle says, well, I feel like that because you guys call me out. And Kyle's response was, we don't call you out, not realizing she was currently calling Garcelle out.
1: Yeah, they all uh, ganged up on her like she had been complaining about.
0: Okay, we all agree that they, they're they very much making Garcelle an outsider, right? Absolutely. But I feel
2: like Crystal and Sutton are in the same boat. Well, Crystal, actually. Uh-oh, are we noticing the trend? Uh-oh.
1: Uh, she is not appreciating in value with me
0: Do we want to talk about Erica's crazy ass lie? Is there anything to say? No, it's not a lie. I would like to
2: state for the record, I think Erica's crazy story is in fact the truth.
0: No, you don't.
1: I 100% do.
0: Why are you discounting
2: my Hitman theory? Because you're capable of critical thought.
1: (laughs) I can't state whether or not I think it's true or not because I don't know what the story is still.
2: (laughs) Someone came in to threaten
0: Tom. And he went into the hospital. Did
1: they hit him? Yeah.
0: Somebody came to burglarize Tom. She threatened. said it was his glaucoma. He home aloneed them, got poked in the eye, went to the ER. They said, we got to perform surgery. And she said, no. And then, unrelated, her kid rolled his car five to six times.
2: The kid went to check on Tom on his way home from checking on Tom. That's when he rolled his car. Because the hitman went after the kid. <laughs> The hit and
0: roll. <laughs> All right, Julia, I see your conspiracy theory and I raise your conspiracy theory. No burglar. What would you say if you roughed up your stepfather oh. and you got beat up? Sorry, man, I went to go check on Tom. This is me punching my own head. Knuckle sandwich.
2: <laughs> but I uh-huh. don't think it's outlandish to think that a man who's done so many wrong has
0: people coming after him. I think that someone broke into their house. Does it matter? Does it matter? Does any of this matter?
1: In terms of garnering sympathy for Erica, yes. The moment of Erica saying tonight was going to be like a villainess night just felt so like tailor made for the internet and everything that's going on about like the discourse on this season. Yeah. It's like another moment that just feels so staged in like the arc of Erica this season, but it's not. (laughs) It's just like unfortunate that she's doing this to herself on camera.
0: (laughs) All right. You guys ready for Potomac? Yeah. Okay, Alex, you're in the hot seat. Last episode, you said that you didn't think that the Chris and Candace fight was real. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think Chris's drinking is real?
1: No, because it's insane that Candace would just notice it now. (laughs) There's a moment where she's like, are you drinking? And I was like, no way, come on. So I still fervently believe that this is not real.
0: It was 4.30. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people drink at 4.30.
1: And he's been drinking much earlier in the day. And she's been there drinking with him, by the way. Julia, your counter argument.
2: Well, I did agree with you this episode. I was thinking that Candace and Chris were very performative in their fight until, and I know we've been <sighs> done wrong by previews before, we see Chris all sweaty In his chef's coat, running through the parking lot. (laughs) Running. (laughs) Walking swiftly through the parking lot (laughs) at the scene of Candace's music video shoot. And everything's going wrong. Yes. And I don't think Candace and Chris would go that far on the performance. I think they will give us a not that great marriage to get themselves screen time. I don't think that he would let his ego get shot like that to actually let her music video fall apart on camera. Oh. You
1: know what I think? I think Hmm. this fake fight that they're having is actually going to turn into a real one because of this very scenario we're going to see. I feel like it's going to be fake up until that, where it's just he actually fucks up or slips a little, and then it turns into a real thing. So I think the truth maybe lies in the middle.
2: And you guys think my hitman theory is bullshit. Uh, okay, Alex, yours is probably the <laughs> oh, right
1: yeah, if answer. That's on par with the hitman.
0: <laughs> Alex, yours is probably the right answer, but I'm dumb and I'm a great Bravo viewer, which means I totally buy all of this is real until I saw the chef's coat. <gasps> we had an opposite read on the chef coat. Would you like to know why? Because he
2: wants everyone to think he's a working chef.
0: Yeah, where is he wearing ah. the
2: chef coat to? He doesn't currently
0: uh, yes, work yes. as a
2: chef. No, he's doing classes.
0: Where he's wearing a chef coat? Okay. It's a costume. It's wardrobe.
1: Yeah, but if you have like a lesson with a chef, you want them to wear the coat so you feel like you're a costume, an Alex. You chef. want them
0: to look like a chef so you know they're a chef.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, well, this jury will have to reconvene for next episode. Don't
1: make me go against what I was saying.
0: (laughs) Alex is probably right. So we got to see Robin talking to her life coach. I've never been to a life coach, but I have been to a therapist. That woman is not a life coach. That is a licensed therapist, 100%. She said that she was a licensed therapist. She's just dabbling in life coaching
2: on the side. Okay.
1: Can't take off her therapist hat.
2: Well, thank goodness. This is the only Bravo life coach with a happy ending. Turns out she's a real therapist.
1: And Robin looked very receptive to what she was saying. It looks like she's going to take it seriously.
0: Yeah, she has a lot of homework to do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, jumping back all the way to the reunion. Slash this episode. Giselle tells us that it was a real deal with her and Jamal. Like, they actually were in a relationship. And she knew beforehand, because they talk all the time, that he had all these random women pregnant out and about and that she did not find out on stage what do you guys think was that real did she find out on stage or did she know before oh I think she already knew
1: I think she knew before too
0: was the relationship between her and Jamal real last season were they actually trying to get back together I think Giselle really really wanted them to I think she really wanted it to be real and I don't know if it was real for him I think so, too. And I think what illustrated that best was remember that really weird car ride either to or from the airport. Mm -hmm.
1: The midsummer car ride, as I called it. I think it's just because of her podcast. I think now she's getting used to this act of speaking truth to her feelings and everything. I think that the podcast is changing her because she also has a little, uh, I don't know if it really was much of a resolution, honestly, but she has her moment with Karen this episode. That I actually don't think holds much water, but at least she did that with everyone present. She was like, we got a a nice Giselle this episode.
2: I was thrilled because I think she's reading the room and realizing that her fight with Karen is old and we don't want to watch it anymore.
0: You got to love Giselle stirring the pot, though. Candace announces that Ashley wasn't invited to the music video. And Giselle is saying, why wasn't Ashley invited? Why wasn't Ashley invited? And Ashley says, oh, no, we respect each other's space. I don't want to be invited. And then they moved on. Mm-hmm. Ashley and Candace are Karen and Giselle, but just a better flavor. They're a younger, funnier version. Yeah. To quote
2: Candace, when she had to give Ashley a compliment, She said, the shovel I used to find that little bit of compliment I did give her is now a nub. Candace. I feel like Ashley and Candace bring out the best in each other for housewife viewing. Mm -hmm. Like not for their souls.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, because with Ashley, Candace has someone to like kind of channel all of her own insecurities and anger onto. Mm
0: -hmm. And for
1: Ashley, no one's ever really challenging her in the way that Candace is. So and it is just like a good Ashley's outlet Ashley's unfazed
2: by most of it, too. I had an epiphany. Yeah. <gasps> and it supports Alice's theory. Go on. Candace knows that Ashley is a hot mama. And Candace feels incredibly competitive with her. Mm-hmm. And Ashley has a very problematic relationship with her husband, Michael. And you know that she sees her and Chris's perfect relationship. And she's like, babe, we got to throw in a problematic husband during here. To really be able
0: (sighs) to... Oh, shit. She's trying to outdo Ashley's storyline.
1: That's so risky, though, being like, you need to be the new Michael. That's like the riskiest thing you can do on one of these shows.
0: Yeah, but would you put it past her? No, absolutely not. No, no. And also, Julia, backing up your theory, what does she compliment Ashley on? Her family. Being a mom, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That must be why he's drinking so much. He's so, I mean, he doesn't want to be the next Michael, but he's doing it for love, you know?
0: He's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to get plastered and then molest a PA. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Michael has always had one too many when he goes to grope
1: Oh, boy. Julia. Funniest Bravo sequence of the year is Karen's Surrey County filming. Yes. I had the time of my life, not in Surrey County, but in a playground in Potomac
2: To quote Karen, my Surrey County is in me. Wherever I go is Surrey
0: County. See, that is the false sense of confidence that we need in (laughs) Housewives. And, okay, I want you to picture that scene. Instead of Karen, I want you to put Dorit or Kyle. Ugh, snooze fest. Go get your second round of popcorn or whatever. Karen glued to the screen. I'm delighted. And I
2: also actually did learn something from the Surrey County educational tourism video, and that is that peanuts peanuts come come in a a shell. shell.
0: (laughs) Did you know that Surrey County is known for their ham, which is a pig, which are only found in Surrey County, nowhere else. No other farms have pigs. They also have a Trader Joe's
2: Mm. A couple of final thoughts. This group is so specific in their apologies. Not once, but twice did people apologize for a specific thing in the middle of a fight and then refuse to apologize for everything else. Elizabeth, I apologize for eating one of your Reese's Take Fives, but that's the only thing I'm apologizing for. I'm not apologizing for eating your Ritz. Or holding you at gunpoint. I'm only (laughs) apologizing... For the reasons, take five, and I just wanted you to know that. But <laughs> I'm willing to move forward with you.
1: And also, I've already apologized for this a hundred times.
2: <laughs> it was a problematic quote, but it just goes to show how much I need Ashley in a room with Candace to watch the show. And that is when Candace tells Ashley, "You walking into a room is body shaming yourself," and then says, <laughs> "Sorry that." wasn't body shaming her by saying that comment.
0: That's the fucking neatest thing I've ever heard. I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. (laughs) Candace is insane. You know what's funny? I'm sorry. I know I compare everything to Beverly Hills. It's because Beverly Hills should be the best franchise, like in theory, and it's one of the worst. Like Julie was saying, Potomac, they are, are so specific in everything and I think that's why they're fun to watch and Beverly Hills is so incredibly vague we have no idea what's going on even if we know what's going on. Are you saying they're smarter in Potomac
2: than they are in Beverly Hills?
0: Oh yeah I guess that's a great way of summing it up. Never mind. (laughs) Okay are we ready for Salt Lake City? Oh my gosh yes. Season two baby. Yes yes yes. Before we begin I would like to say God bless this podcast. God bless all of us here, as we feel God within me. I'm God, but also God, but mostly me.
1: Now, Elizabeth, that was good, but let me show you how it's done. <laughs> that was the coldest shit I've ever seen on a Bravo show. That chilled me to the bone. That guy was her friend.
0: You know how stupid I felt when she said I started a podcast because I was talking to myself. Sit down from the mic. And I'm like. Whoa, Mary Cosby! What is she gonna do? Is she gonna like talk about life, you know, advice? Oh, duh! It's a religious podcast. How could I not have seen that <laughs> coming? <laughs> well, I thank God that Salt Lake
2: City is back on because
1: you thank Mary, Julia.
2: I do thank Mary, and I thank Mary for being around for season two. But these ladies are all so wild. When we met our seventh cast member, I genuinely thought, how on earth are we going to fit her into this show? There's so much going on. I think that she may be a contender for one of my
0: favorite housewives. She has such a hilarious sense of humor. It's so incredibly dry where you can't tell if she's joking. Jenny has an insanely touching backstory. Yeah, heartbreaking. And she's tough. She's not going to back down from any of these ladies. She was in a refugee camp for three years of her life. She's not going to let anyone whack a her out. Prison, ass. jeez. Um, before we even got to the episode, I was rolling on the floor laughing on the This Season on Salt Lake City. They were acting like the big mystery was who tipped off the Fets where Jen was. It's the FBI. They always know where you are. It's not, like, a little secret. It's not Gossip Girl.
1: Yeah, and, and say it wasn't the FBI. Like, why does it have to be one of the housewives? There's so also, many people who know Also, what are you gonna do? Lie to the
0: FBI? Yeah. Why would
1: you do that? It's, it's really funny, the framing of it as this little murder mystery that's confined to, like, the cast. It makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's a closed-door mystery yeah It's actually Whitney is the head of the FBI. Very uh, Mr. Green from Clue. That would be a twist none of us saw coming. (laughs) She was a plant the whole time. Speaking of Whitney, we now begin a season-long game called Is Whitney Secretly a Genius or the Stupidest Person Alive? Secret genius so far. Well, she
1: is
2: a comedic (laughs) genius. When she dropped that birthday cake... (laughs) For the third time. Oh,
1: slapstick. It was off the charts. It was like I was watching a Charlie Chaplin routine.
2: And like greeting all of her stepsons who are her age. Julia,
0: she's a role model. Please. With her beautiful faux breast just
2: protruding out of her tiny little suit. Everyone else is clothed. Not Britney. me. <laughs> They really look up to me, Julia. To
1: be fair to the the cake dropping, she was like 20 shots in at that point.
0: No one else <laughs> Weren't they doing drunk. like a
1: shot for every year of, wasn't that the Oh thing? yeah,
0: 27.
1: I will say uh, not a genius at this point. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we surprised that Coach and Jen almost got a divorce? No. No, No. we all saw it coming. I think they might still get a divorce. Yeah, the way that she told that story, I've never been divorced, but I'm pretty sure you don't have one fight and then you get contacted by a divorce lawyer the next day. I think there's a lot of paperwork involved in that.
2: Also her saying that no one else can handle me. he stuck with me for life. It just didn't bode well for their future.
0: Julia, he's stuck with me until I get life in prison? <laughs> oh!
1: <laughs> I do find it very funny the idea of Coach Shaw just being so distraught at his motivational speeches not working on anyone at all. Like, if it's not working on his wife, that he's just like, I can't, like, the, the existential crisis <laughs> he must have gone through because of that, to be like, we just gotta get a divorce. <laughs> I've won championships with these speeches. What was that line she had after she was talking about that, where she was like, I haven't gone to jail yet. What was that? What was the context of that? Jail for you, She's talking to Lisa. Lisa.
2: Girl, I would go to jail for you. I haven't gone to jail yet. She's foreshadowing her own imprisonment. (laughs) Like Alex says, bad (laughs) writing.
1: Uh, Horrible writing this season.
2: She also has a new second assistant.
1: They find out too much and then she offs them.
0: I really think that might be what happened. Well, good thing her first assistant wasn't named after like a famous like mouse or rat. You know what I mean? That was a Stuart Little joke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We got a little bit of the old Heather
2: back when she ordered for the table because the skinny bitches didn't know how to
0: order. I am not feeling the love for Heather like I did season one. Season one, I adored her end of season one. I think it was like the last episode at whatever party we were at. She was rubbing me the wrong way with how she was making Jen apologize to her and like beg for her. Reunion Heather was the fucking worst but
2: now we know why she really wanted Jen to apologize to her and grovel at her. And it's because their relationship is Jen her filling shop. her up with oh. friendship juice.
0: It's, and Heather it's drinking
2: sickening. up the friendship juice. It's almost like Ugh. Heather really likes being conned by a con artist.
1: Yes. You know what I got to say about it? She may think it's a tonic, but I think it's toxic. Ooh. Ooh. I'm a little mixed on Heather. I'm mixed on her because I also think she's a little too big for her britches as we've discussed before. But there were still some moments of like, oh, that's like the Heather I like where she was just kind of like very open to the idea of like apologizing to Lisa and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I really do need to apologize to her for stuff I said at the reunion. The other part of Heather that like I don't like is like the waitress came over and was like, okay, what do you want to drink? And Heather's like, I'll get the bottomless Prosecco um, because that's the type of Prosecco where we can just keep drinking. Like she explained it to the waitress and I'm like, what What are you doing? She knows what that is.
0: So when, when my glass gets kind of empty, you put more Prosecco in. N- yeah, Alex, I totally agree with you. We got like cute bits of Heather, but then I probably wouldn't have noticed the Prosecco line last season, but we had cute, timid Heather all through season one. And then we had this crazy, we all said, oh my gosh, season two curse has already kicked in during the reunion. Mm-hmm. Now we're back. To timid Heather.
1: Uh, well, was the internet reaction to her as bad as, was it as hard on her as like we were? Yeah, when?
0: people okay. were pretty shocked. And there was, you know, Jen did look very sympathetic at the reunion, mm-hmm. especially with some of the race stuff. And if I remember correctly, Heather did mm-hmm. not really take the best stance on that.
2: Mm
1: hmm. Yeah.
2: But Jen does not look sympathetic if you have Twitter because what she has been tweeting or liking everybody else's and retweeting the homophobic things people are writing about brooks marks i see why meredith doesn't want anything to do with her i see why meredith is in full disengaged mode
0: i have to protect my family um, but
2: I do have to say that Brooks did not forget how to fold the hala. He just wanted to make sure all cameras were watching him while he prepared the hala. And thank goodness, because what a treat for my eyes! It was beautiful. That was that I mean, is challah. an
1: amazing read of that. That's such a good read on that moment, Julia. Because I was like, what's happening? How would he not? Because Meredith has that line of like, you've done it so many times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I don't remember how to do it. All of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Final thoughts, sir. I'm I'm just so excited to see the rest of the season play out. I feel like we already know how the season's going to play out. They've shown us a lot of clips of what's to come. But I still like... I'm just craving like the in-between place like I can't wait to see it develop and I can't wait to see like how Jen and Lisa's relationship survives Mm -hmm. uh all the stuff coming up about Jen because I was honestly shocked that they're like the main relationship this season it seems like
0: I'm happy that we get to see Meredith engaging and I'm also excited to see all of the girls new uh Airbnb rentals that we're gonna pretend that they all bought new houses
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. My final thoughts are that I am thrilled Mary was left alone in her home for six months <laughs> because the fact that she just speaks every thought that comes into her head is, I think, going to be a gift that keeps on giving this season. We now know that her chairs weren't comfortable. She was sitting on metal. Her butt is hurting. I thought it was shocking that she decided the difference between... Robert Jr., her son's generation, her own generation, is that all kids have access to money now.
0: I thought she was going to say technology and, you know. Like no, nope, kind of all a- kids are rich. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. This younger generation, so wealthy. What episode will we be on when the Heather Whitney, we'll throw Meredith in there too, turn on Mary and realize she's knucking futs. Episode three. Alex? Uh, five or six. I'm gonna say seven. Ooh, all right. Price is right, rules.
1: What what happens to whoever wins?
2: They support whatever theory
0: that person comes up with for an episode.
1: Hell yeah. Whoever wins does
0: not get taken out by Tom Girardi's uh, assassin. So we already know I'm gonna win. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, awards! Okay, I'm gonna start us off with awards. My award is the Not Living in Reality, But Living Somewhere Karen Huger Award, named after, you know, our Potomac, Karen Huger, who filmed a Come to Surrey County tourist commercial in Potomac. I award this to all of the housewives who uploaded pictures on their Instagrams this week of them photoshopped on the Met Gala red carpet with the captions best dressed. (laughs) You weren't there, but I'm sure you think you were. Alex?
1: My The Cost of Crystal award, named after Crystal from Beverly Hills, who uh, talked a lot about being frugal this week, and how she only invests in things that appreciate and value, goes to Robin from Potomac who has been appreciating in value to me all season long. Every scene with her is a treat. I love her. I love her whole attitude, her vibe. She's trying to better herself, but she's also very self-aware about what she's going through. Robin's just been a treat for me this season, so I'm happy to give her an award.
2: So touching. Well, my Worth the Wait Robin Dixon Award I'm gifting this award to someone I never thought I would give it to. And that is Talisa Renna. Who was the latest to join Dorit's bridal unveiling. Ooh, nice pun. (laughs) Bridal unveiling party. (laughs) Because she was the last one there. And she is always the first one there hanging out with the help. Though we can't call them that. And... It was tragic watching her try to walk up those stairs in that tiny little dress. Congratulations, Lisa Renna. Never thought you'd be receiving this award. Worth the wait. Robin Dixon Award.
0: Lisa has not done anything the last two episodes. Have we noticed that? No,
1: but she's been hyping herself up a lot.
0: Um, She invited Harry Hamlin and he showed up. <laughs> I'm suspicious of the Harry Hamlin hype. Why, why are we all so excited he's here? No, Lisa's excited he's there. No one else really is.
1: Lisa's is always talking about Harry. She's always He wore
0: him. a shirt with a swastika on it for Halloween once. Google it. All right, that's How- all we got time for this week. So Prince Harry. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth.
1: Anytime.
0: Breaking news From From Elizabeth's phone. Phone. Okay, after we recorded, Alex started bashing Harry Hamlin's new... Project. I was so being I, a
1: little bitchy about Harry Hamlin's future Ridley Scott project, which isn't really a Ridley Scott project, but anyway, Elizabeth Carry on.
0: So I took to the inner butts to try to find it. What did I stumble upon?
1: Something better.
0: Harry Hamlin is going to be in a TV mini-series, "Flowers in the Attic: The Origin." I go through the, the incest. The incest Story. one. The incest one. The incest in the attic. I'm going through the cast. Who else is in it? A Beverly Hills husband alum, Kelsey
2: Grammer. <gasps> the crossover mm. episode.
1: This is, this is Bravo All Stars right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is way more interesting than a Harry Hamlin is Tom Brokaw in a National Geographic show.
0: Now we're signing off. <laughs> well. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.